Oh well, Sam's shadow banned. That <laughs> shadow banned for telling. She's not even no. She's not shadow banned. She's no, legitimately yeah, banned. banned. <laughs> oh, been, le- oh yeah, you are. I've been. Re- I've had my Twitter account restricted for twelve hours. That's not even bad, dude. I got restricted for a week. <laughs> that was so funny. It's not that. It's not that the length. And that was because I was it's advocating actually, for like, Maoism. <laughs> it's actually very good that I've been banned, but it's that. I'm just, I'm like so annoyed that I got banned for telling someone you should punch yourself when they like said something blatantly racist, but like we can't get anyone fucking banned for like saying worse things to us repeatedly. It just like drives me insane. Yep. Pretty much. It's pretty much better that I'm not on Twitter right now. Yeah, that is honestly true. Like I know so many people who have been banned for just very like silly, extremely goofy reasons um but like I'm sorry saying no someone, you punch yourself in the face is like a fairly innocuous thing to say i think this is bullshit it is i was just remembering the first time i ever got banned what did you do mallory <laughs> i told a racist formula one fan that i wanted lewis hamilton to hit her with his car <laughs> Yes. Ah, oh, the good old days. And also, I think I said... Yes. The good old days. Mallory's F1 fights with racist British I actually people. was literally just talking to somebody today about how it's like, I think that by the time Alex, like, next season when Alex gets back in, I won't have to fight anyone anymore because I think I will have muted and blocked, like, anybody who was, like, an Alex Alon naysayer. So I'll just, like, live in, like, a little world. It'll be great. It's like us now. It's like the podcast now. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Should we start talking about actual things? Maybe. Anyway. <laughs> the broadcast, the biggest podcast in Vancouver, pretty much. We participate in light misandry. Get out of here with that. <laughs> Sexism. All of our societal structures are designed in ways to inherently prejudice women. Coach's Corner was kind of like my bathroom break. I don't like to be bamboozled. I think it's amazing what you guys are doing. I mean, I'm having a lot of fun. Um, hello, and welcome to the Broadscast. Um, I am your host for this week, Mallory. I'm here with Sam in Georgia. And I'm like, where you can hear all these birds that are like... We can't hear any birds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no worries in there. Um, anyway, so it has been a week. We are recording this on the 4th. We were like, oh, should we record on the 3rd? And actually, we just, it was not like some like thing where we were like, we're going to wait for the equal trade to break. We were like, eh, we don't feel like it. So honestly, it's more, more current. Anyway, thank you for joining us this week. Um, I know that we do have like a new review. If Sam wants to boost everyone's spirits, Georgia's seasonal depression and read it. We had a new review. I didn't even see that. Sorry, I was in court, so I've not seen anything. No, it's the one from a couple of weeks ago that we said we were going to save. Oh, that we said we would wait. Um, Though we also read a review on the episode that never aired. <laughs> so so my fault. I'm just like dropping one. balls everywhere. <laughs> if you want to do that one, you could also do that one. I think that one was on Twitter. I am looking for it. <laughs> I don't even know how to use my emails right now. I'm like struggling. 
<laughs> um, chartable. I don't. I actually don't even have the review. Okay, I will. You know find what? It. Don't worry about it. We're not doing no, this. <laughs> let me find it. Don't worry about it. No, I what I it's from. It. Okay, our new review was from AJ Gorin one from the United States, Mallory. So your side of the pond. Uh, What's the title? Where's the pond? I don't know. I was making that up. I always look forward to it. (laughs) The Great Lakes? Yes. Okay. Oh, this is the one that didn't make it before. (laughs) Mal, Sam, and Georgia are always so much fun to listen to. And I always look forward to new episodes to enjoy on my commutes. They break down current events across the NHL and the broader hockey and sports world with tact and wit and make the whole pod the perfect balance of funny and serious. Condemning hockey's most grievous issues with always smart takes and also cracking up and having a good time with the funnier day-to-day goofiness that goes on in the world of Canucks. And I don't know. There's like a weird thing going on. Thanks broadcast for always giving me something to brighten my drives to work. You're welcome. AJ Gorin one. Thank you for your review. Everyone else, please submit reviews. (laughs) We need to know that there are people out there. (laughs) We need validation. We need validation. Okay. (laughs) We're entering prime seasonal depression time. So. Um, So just like talking about sports right now is not fun so yeah yeah so send us fun stuff On to uh, Canucks hockey in general. I think we're going to mostly be talking about the comeback against the Rangers on Tuesday night, it was. Mm -hmm. Um, Georgia, did you watch this game? I was on game recap. Yes, everyone, by the way, subscribe to our Patreon for as low as $2 US. I think it's like $3.50 Canadian a month, and you get Mallory's excellent recaps there. (laughs) Honestly, God, like, God gave you a talent. <laughs> it's just that, like, whenever I start typing, I just immediately am, like, on one. I know, um, and I love it. It's so good. Um, yes, I did watch this. Okay. I so... can't remember why I was like, I should watch this whole game. I was probably procrastinating. But holy, That's extremely fair. The first two periods were so bad. Like, they it was genuinely... So bad. It's genuinely, like... Uh, what like what is wrong with this team like there were so many kind of questions about or I guess there was just no answer like it was okay so the power play can't score that's obviously a big issue but also they can't defend and then they or they're having issues with defending and then they also can't make passes which is concerning and like receive passes um and they just looked so discombobulated and I get the whole thing about you know there's whatever 10 new players I think it is but it doesn't make sense that you like you still have a core that's been here for a while and for whatever reason they can't function as a unit on the ice concerning um yeah that was basically like after the first two periods that's I was just sitting there like how many games do we have left in this season because this is concerning yeah it's not an issue of them not clicking like 
with their new line mates or whatever. Yeah. Um, it is, I don't, exactly, there's no answers. It's not like it's an issue. Well, and also that argument doesn't actually, like, that argument doesn't pan out because, like, clearly the best player up front has been Connor Garland and he's new. And I don't know, I guess you could kind of say he hasn't had sustained chemistry with a certain person, but also Travis Green is acting like he works at fucking Jamba Juice and just blends the lines, like, (laughs) all the time. So there's like, you never know what's going on. Suddenly Garland's on the first line and then he's on the third or fourth line. And then Vasily Podkolzin scores a fucking goal. And then Travis is like, that's enough from you. And benches him for the rest of the game. Like none of it makes any sense. And so you end up with kind of, yeah, I, I just don't know. Like the whole conversation about, well, like the players are new. Like Connor Garland's been good with people so I don't know it's it's really weird I don't know what's going on with the team but they came back and maybe that's something that they can kind of build around yeah I think that maybe they like really needed that comeback which is definitely like a sounds like a stupid it's such a sports cliche but sports cliche but they did like true when you go out and go for over six on the power play like not all good in the room situation, but that's, if we're going with like more of a, um, our own cliches, our own sports cliches, it is like a vibes issue. Like it genuinely yeah. is. Like yeah, it's just like horrible vibes in the room and them coming back and especially them actually coming back for the fact that Demko's fighting for his life in net and yeah things would be a lot worse Mm -hmm. which is kind of the like tail of the tape with the Canucks past it's really like they could be off the deep end like they could look so horrible and you it would be like blowouts every single night if it weren't for their goaltenders going god mode yeah, I think like the way that the Canucks have been successful over the seasons where they've not been quite good is because their power play has been okay. Um, and their goaltending has been out of this oh, world, aka, yeah. like, I wonder what Thatcher Demko's, like, sorry, I'm going to pull in a stat, but like, um, like wins above replacement is or like goals, goals saved above average is because, or whatever expected goals percent saved goals percentage or whatever, because it's probably really high. <laughs> they love to just be like, okay, Thatcher, um, we're going to sacrifice your soul because we don't want to build an actual adequate defense. Are you okay with that? We're going to give you $5 million a year. And Thatcher's like, sure. <laughs> Then he does shit like what happened with the in the during the five on three, or I guess like when it went down, um, when Hoglander got out of the box and had to literally flop around like a seal. He had to flop around. He, if you didn't watch the game or if you've been off the internet, and also if you have the official NHL account blocked, (laughs) 
all of those have to have occurred for this. He lost his blocker and stick and was basically like trying to get the ref to stop play. And he was like, no, sorry. Yeah. I didn't know that that was a rule though. It's pretty rare that you actually see that happen. Um, where a goalie loses either their glove or their blocker, but I would have assumed that they would have blown it down, but I guess it's not really not. That'll go in the rule book next season. You know it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, he, he lost it and it was like wedged in the net. So he couldn't kind of grab it or someone couldn't get it for him. Um, so he just (laughs) like Pullman at one point was saving pucks and then, uh, something happened to him and then JT Miller was behind and then Demko like made a pretty crazy save and uh, essentially this saved was, the game. Yeah. This was actually when, like after the OAL pen- penalty, I was thinking about how comical it is to have to put three players on the ice. I don't know why that's like so funny, but three is just such a funny number of people to have. Well, it's like because, not in a three-on-three three situation. I'm saying specifically in a five-on-three. Yeah, well, you have to make the decision. Like, yeah, I think so most people go with two defenders, one forward. Um, it's just so few people. Like, that's, like, not a, like, legitimate hockey take at all. It's literally just, that's funny. Well, yeah, and then also sometimes, like, if it happens at the end of the game and they pull the goalie and then you have oh, six-on-three, yeah. like, it's full chaos because <laughs> it's just, like, what are you going to do? So, yeah. I think that that game, yeah, in the most like old men hockey cliche, like it was a big comeback that they can kind of hopefully build upon it. And I will say like the only thing that potentially could have made it kind of more, even more of that narrative, like solidified would be if like Patterson scored and scored in like a stereotypical EP fashion where he like sniped a shot or something um but JT Miller literally like scoring uh and then skating towards the fans in the most like gladiator are you not entertained way (laughs) was like the most JT Miller thing I've ever seen (laughs) being like fuck you guys you basically boot us off the ice in the second period who are you doing now anyway so hopefully I mean, we're going to go see them tomorrow. Uh, so. Who's we? Who's Sorry. we? <laughs> You'll be there in spirit. I'll face I'm going to bring you. a cutout. I'm going to print out that photo you posted in reply to my tweet, <laughs> and I'm going to bring it with me. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, the games haven't been that, like, selling out, really. So you probably have a seat. Yeah, we probably do. Hop on a plane. During COVID. Anyway, Sam, what did you think of the game? Did you watch it? The Rangers game? Yeah. Did I watch it? That's a great question. I think I watched parts of it. I didn't watch the whole game because I was in court this week. Um, I think I watched... I think I watched the first half before they came back and then I stopped. I mean, honestly, fair because it was so bad. They looked so bad. I feel like they're doing exactly how I thought they would do. I didn't think they'd be very good. I don't think they're very bad. I think they're just kind of there. Yeah, pretty much. I did see Demko's saves. So that was fun. 
That's I don't know. I'm having a really hard time watching hockey this week. No. Okay, sorry. I'm taking this like, quiz that says find out if you can travel to Canada. Oh my God, Kelly. I mean, seriously, get on a plane. We got fucking $35 student rush tickets. You can use my student card. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I'm just going to be honest. Wig. I would assume the ticket would be more than that. <laughs> I'm at my ticket <laughs> That's to get true. there. Um, okay, wrapping up the Canucks. Yeah, they haven't been that great, but hopefully they can. I don't know. At least make the game somewhat interesting. We got like 72 more of them. <laughs> I'm just going tomorrow to see you guys and to see Borogop. Yeah, literally the only reason <laughs> was to see Mark. Dude, I saw a dude in a Preds uh, like jersey today and like I almost was like going to talk to him and I but like I literally couldn't think of an entry that was anything other than damn you guys got fucked up by McDavid and Trisidle last night <laughs> so I didn't say anything <laughs> so funny so funny um what else is happening in the league that we should discuss um Cole Caulfield got sent down to the AHL yeah he's mad about it he took it at, he took the Canada yeah, out of his <laughs> Instagram bio <laughs> pretty funny <laughs> which is also so it's funny. pretty funny to like not be like i'm gonna be back in like two days yeah i don't really know what's going on there they haven't been very good um though carrie price i think is coming back soon apparently um who knows what that looks like oh we should probably talk about the fact that travis hamannick is back with the canucks um kind of back because he's only half backed but is so therefore can't go on the road trip later this month to go to the united states Um, i thought the funniest thing about the entire situation was how they bent over backwards for months to not disclose that he had not been vaccinated (laughs) and travis green just fucking drops it it's like yeah he wasn't vaccinated i mean like good on drans for pushing the question yeah to the point where you could just tell green was like fuck off like green's like why am i doing this i know it's like, what's i'm just gonna point? tell him anyway yeah yeah after hamannick had spent four minutes saying Fletching that he wouldn't bottle. talk about Saying that he wouldn't talk about his vaccine status. Anyway, I went back and watched his interview, his press conference after after we texted. I was like, I have never seen someone hang on to a water bottle so hard. Yep. Yep. Wonder why. I wonder why. We'll be talking about vaccine status later on in the episode. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's always fun when you, you know change your morals because your defense sucks just love to see it but also like the best part is he isn't it's even really like good. funny yeah. for him to also change his morals because there's millions of dollars on the line i know it's just <laughs> like, all like such transparent like 
craziness. Transparent, Georgia. God works in very mysterious ways. <laughs> okay. Um, the Yotes might be the first team to go 0 and 82 in history as well. Um, they're so bad. The thing about the Coyotes is they're not only like losing, they like can't score goals at all. <laughs> like they're so well, their bad. thing always was like goal pretty much defensive. Like it was like yeah. they would win a few games because. Also, I'm saying this like I don't think I've actually watched it coyotes game so never mind but they always would they were like really good defensively like they had like crazy goalies and those are in colorado and carolina now so yeah it's just (laughs) though i guess against the blues they scored four goals but like most of the games they're losing like they're scoring one goal or whatever which you know is connects fans we shouldn't talk because our team has like spent the majority of the season trailing and had a really prolonged period where they were where they hadn't scored a goal, so that's a reality. Okay. But anyway, oh. oh well, glass houses are the perfect place <laughs> to throw stones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least we got rid of Jay Beagle and Louis Erickson, though Anton Roussel was very good this week and actually called out Jonathan Taves for being an asshole. So. Miss that man and his cat. Um, moving on from hockey for the meantime. Also, the World Series that no one paid attention to ended this week. Um, There's like no coverage of it. And I don't know if it's like there was no co- coverage of it because last year like LA was in it. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge market. But it's not like Atlanta's not a giant market. And Houston. Um, and Houston, but I mean, that's the overall app, but, um, the Braves won the world series, which like, that is kind of a situation where you're like ethically. There's no good. There's there's no good. There's no good one. Though Um, I will say, um, as pointed out by our friend, Justin Morissette, this was the best case scenario where Houston lost at home. So you didn't have a stadium of 50,000 people doing a fucking racist thing. And also their fans got to experience bitter defeat. Yeah, that is so pretty good. That's um, also, like the best case scenario of one of the most unethical situations. Also, Donald Trump was in fucking Atlanta because Rob Manfred's like yeah. the dumbest person ever. Makes me um, crazy. So... And also, Royals legend uh, Soler, okay, Soler yes. was Jorge Soler, yeah. the MVP, and mm-hmm. he was always like a bright spot of like the Royals baseball that I have been watching. <laughs> yeah, and shout out to Mike Soroka, who's yeah Calgary boy. So, but in theory, we did want the Braves to win. And also because there's that video of what's-his-face walking with the wine. Oh, no. yes. Who was that? Shit, I can't, I can't remember, remember who it is. Also, Dansby Swanson, extremely handsome man who's dating a member of the U.S. soccer team. So actually, it turns out we've been Braves fans this whole time. We are not Braves fans. We cannot support that team. <laughs> um, 
they need to change their name and get rid of their racist chant. Speaking of uh, their name and chants, the Chiefs, who also have a game this week against the um, Packers. Well, maybe uh, Patty's um, been having a tough year, Mel. Okay. Well, what I'm saying is the Chiefs are playing the Packers this week. And Aaron Rodgers will not be there. Why? Why won't he be there, Mallory? (laughs) Aaron Rodgers won't be there because he tested positive for COVID because he is quote unquote immunized, but not vaccinated. He like... It doesn't even make sense. He's such an (laughs) Um, asshole. Like, it's just... Here's my thing. If you're gonna be anti-vax don't fucking be a coward about it (laughs) and pretend like you are vaccinated like then you clearly know that it's wrong and that you are doing it because you are a fucking baby about getting jabbed and like you are putting so many people at risk but the funniest part about this entire day which was so funny um was okay so it like got released that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be playing on Sunday against KC um because he had COVID and people are like and he got COVID because he wasn't vaccinated people were like didn't he say he was vaccinated like I think that they were like I think vaguely like in August he said something about his vaccination status and then a couple hours later came out this quote that he had gotten a homeopathic treatment from his personal doctor to raise his antibody levels, of which he apparently went to like the Packers and NFL and was like, so I got vaccinated. And they like looked into it and they were like, you did not get vaccinated. That is not what happened there. And then he got COVID. Um, The Packers have been having a good season though. And I like Aaron Rodgers because I like Jeopardy. Um, But so that's like, I think also why I find this like hysterical as opposed to just like infuriating when it's, it is both. Um, But is this his now fiance, Shalene Woodley's influence? Okay, first of all, Dumas said they broke up. Okay, honestly, I've not been reading Dumas lately because they keep on telling me stupid sightings, not actual gossip. I'm like, I don't I know. care that you saw somebody at the grocery store. I skipped. That happens on Sundays. Don't go. Don't check Dumas okay. on Sundays. Um, okay, yeah. Shailene Woodley is also out there because she has Shailene a lot of... Woodley also, this also begs the question of like, yeah, she radiates like weird hippie energy of like absolutely being like vaccines are not clean and they're for like they're not from the earth they have chemicals. and she loves crystals and and like that shit but are jordan and jojo the ones who are normal in this family that's really concerning <laughs> are they the ones that are avoiding aaron rather they're definitely than not we normal. always thought that it was jordan and the rest of this family Maybe Aaron is the weird brother. I still need to know the full in-depth story. Like, when is Ryan Murphy going to do that? I want the Aaron Rodgers, like, fracture with the family. Like, screw these, like, Monica Lewinsky things. Give me the Rodgers family in-depth, why they hate each other. 
I want to know. Also, speaking of split up, being split up then, since apparently Shalane Woodley and um, Aaron Rodgers are split up. Olivia Munn knocked up with John Mulaney's kid. How about she gets back together with Aaron? I had suggested the throuple situation earlier, which is that they all co-parent this child, but it is also funny. Have you ever waded into John Mulaney's stand like anything? It's yes. fucking scary. <laughs> yes. The yeah, parasocial relationships. That I'm crazy. So yes, I have. Seen the that. parasocial relationships that they have with this man is like on another. It's on another. It's on the Larry stand, like people level because they're fucking weird. So weird. Anyway. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> well, then how do you feel about Olivia Munn getting back together with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, I don't care. But also... Yeah, but I know you don't care, but I'm asking on, like, the fun scale. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it'd be sad, but hilarious. It'd be fun. Yeah, it would for sure be fun. It would be, yeah, it would be interesting. Mainly because... That's just, yeah, there's just too much going on. There's too much going on there. But Um, yeah, so this is, I don't know, the whole thing, like, it makes you wonder how many other people are either, like, lying about their vaccine status in some way, or, like, clearly the NFL wasn't great at enforcing stuff because... I think Ian Rappaport said he you was never following. Had to be, he was following. You never had to be fully vaccinated. That was no, no, thing. no. But you had to like because you have to follow protocol. So I'm like the question is as we talked about with Hamannick, like the kind of the way that you see it. Like was Aaron Rodgers like following protocol when he was doing media? Because I feel like you're supposed to wear a mask if you're doing media stuff, but apparently Rappaport said that in the locker room and stuff, he was following protocols, but I don't know, like, who knows? So maybe the Packers will get fined. We'll see. I mean, didn't the team last year get fined like an insane amount of money for not following COVID protocol? Why do I feel like it was the Titans? Whatever. I don't need that information in my brain. <laughs> so yeah, maybe Frog Prince Patty has a chance this week. He's, I say this like I've been watching any of the games. I haven't. Um, I didn't even watch the entire Super Bowl they won. I don't <laughs> care. He also got his head crunched at one point this season. It was pretty gnarly. But I was saying he hasn't been throwing as many interceptions. That's good. So happy for him seems seems huge um okay we are a hockey podcast allegedly so we will talk about the big news of the week and also the big soap opera news of the week yeah mallory is, moved this from sports to soaps by the way so. i did <laughs> which um, is fair i mean it is a soap it is which has been the eiffel saga which we've all been following and honestly it got moved because of the giant flames package that was leaked 
um, which like included Matthew Kachuk, like another player I want to say, and like multiple like draft picks. It was huge. Um, but he did end up going with, well, Vegas ended up taking him. So what are the details of that? I mean, so and also overnight, like, yes, yeah, so, everyone woke up on Thursday, like with this and just was like, Jesus. Okay. Vegas traded Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, uh, in a first round pick. That's, I don't, I think it's guaranteed to be a top 10 pick in 2022 for some reason. I feel like that was something that I read. And then, um, a first round pick in, I think it's a second, a second in the same, in 2023. Yeah. Um, so they basically get like Peyton Krebs is a former first rounder. I think he was drafted in 2019. He's I think projected to be a top six player. Um, and then Alex Tuck is obviously like a strong second line center who's making who I think he's on a really like good deal for what he is. Um, and I guess their kind of hope is that moving from Vegas, which is pretty stacked, um, that he will take on a bigger role in Buffalo. Um, but I feel like, well, I think. Pierre Lebrun said today or this morning in his little write-up that Kachuk was never actually on the table because I feel like I would rather have Kachuk than Tuck and Krebs. But I don't know. That's just me. And the picks, obviously. But yeah, I don't know. It's also the reality is you have to have a team that can afford to pay, that has the space to pay $10 million. And what it looks like is we're going to get a Nikita Kucherov situation <laughs> where Eichel will, I think he's hoping to be back for the Olympics, which is like pretty. That's soon. That's really soon for like a spinal surgery. Um so more likely he's going to be back for the playoffs. Uh, and then it doesn't matter what your cap is. Um, so then yeah. Vegas can have all of their players um, back. Cause like literally all of their players are injured right now. Yeah. Speaking of cap situations, then Buffalo immediately had to grab another player to hit the floor. The pain, which is so funny. They took um, Boychuk from the Islanders, but I, mean, oh, yeah. I don't think they didn't actually want him. They just needed they needed to reach the floor. Yeah. Um, oh, there was something else I was going to say. Now I don't remember what it was. Um, oh, yeah. I was surprised like that um, Buffalo didn't try to get Shea Theodore because that was the rumored player that was going, um, which I think would have been better for them. But I don't know. Buffalo seemed like, honestly, it seemed like major dicks throughout this whole thing. Let's be honest. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't think that they actually did that well. They really the, didn't, which is very weird because I feel like, I don't know. It, it felt like at some point they were actually going to like somehow come out of this on top. Well, I feel like they were constrained by the fact that they clearly didn't want to trade in conference. Yeah. So that like limits you. 
And then the fact that they wouldn't let him have the surgery even before, because I think Anaheim wanted to do a trade, but their thing was he has to have the surgery before. So we know that it's like fine that he's not going to have complications, which Mm -hmm. like brings us back to the very beginning, which is why Buffalo's fucked, which is that they like, wouldn't let a player have surgery to alleviate pain, which is so fun. And they also just, I think they managed the situation so poorly that he made it public. Like if it wasn't public, his trade value would have been significantly higher. Yeah. So their own fault yeah yeah and then also they said some bullshit and being like we didn't want to be a saber you're like no one bucky wants to be a saber come on like Like, alex tuck doesn't want to be a saber (laughs) he was like he's never gonna win a stanley cup now sorry bud you're not it's not happening tough yeah um Vegas is becoming the home for injured second overalls. <laughs> Poor Noel Pat. I also apparently he's back. I don't know. I think he's not doing well though. I haven't heard literally like uh Carlson just broke his leg. He's out. Patrick I think is out. Um Jesus. Uh Stone is out, I think. Like they're not having a good time, but yeah. Also, they're annoying. So sorry, Sam. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm really happy the Eichel saga is over. It was very uninteresting. Yeah. And... There's always a will they, won't they? And also like Jack's sitting at his house in pain. So can yeah, it's super fun. Eat this up. Yeah. It was gross. I will say like the, the last thing on it is there were at least a handful of Vegas fans who were like really upset that they traded Alex Tuck for Jack Eichel. And I was like, that is the funniest thing I've ever seen because Jack Eichel is way better than Alex Tuck. Like, it's not close. No, not at all. Oi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Weird. Oh, well. Should we talk about less fun things? Even more less fun things? Even more more less fun things? We don't have to spend too much time Um, on it. Unfortunately, we will. But also, like, you can just listen to Sam on Zone Time. (laughs) Yeah. If you want to hear like we're interpod promoting. Yes. Um, so there's that. And then also the penguins lawsuit, which also was filed. Um yeah. No, I've I've read a few things, but basically it's that um a coach in the minor systems wife was sexually assaulted and then um they brought the allegations forward and I think the main thing is that actually you're probably gonna have to cut this because I don't know if I'm telling the right story there there are two suits yeah because one is wrongful termination right yeah so one was wrongful termination and in that one um the coach whose wife was assaulted basically said he reported it to Garen. Garen said he would take care of it. And like the guy was fired a week later, but Garen also told him to keep it quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he was, he, his allegation is that he was subsequently 
terminated. The penguins say he was terminated because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's, there's that one, which happened earlier last year, but then last week, sorry, at the beginning of October, safe sport opened an investigation into Garen. Um, there were like some reports that the investigation had cleared him and that's why he was named head of USA hockey after Bowman stepped down. Mm-hmm. But then Katie Strang reported that she had spoken to safe sport safe sport and that that was not the case they hadn't even spoken to the complainant yet they had like not interviewed anyone and these investigations normally take a long time so yeah the reports that it that they had cleared garen don't seem to be accurate or realistic um and like one thing that really bothered me about this was like at some point i saw michael russo who's like a good beat writer and like somebody whose work i really enjoy he tweeted something about like TSN, like publishing a misleading headline. And he already talked about it. And the allegations against Garen, like were misleading. He had already done something about it. And I was like, that's not actually what the wrongful termination suit said. And also like, if that were the case, safe sport wouldn't have opened an investigation into it. And then like a week later, the, the coach's wife who was assaulted filed a lawsuit, a second lawsuit against the Penguins, Garen, and a bunch of other people in which it is alleged, like, yes, he reported it and got the guy terminated a week later, but he also told the coach to keep it quiet. And so, like, there is kind of a cover-up allegation in there. Mm -hmm. And they were supposed to have, her law firm was supposed to have a press conference. It was all set. And then um, I think in light of that information coming out, another woman, a second woman, reached out to the law firm and said she had been sexually assaulted on another, at a, on another instance by the same Penguins coach. And so they like canceled the press conference to deal with that. Yeah. So the, in the meantime, Garen is still the head of the Olympic team for USA hockey. And uh, yeah, working for obviously the Minnesota wild. Um, yeah. yeah. Clark Donatelli is the, um, the coach who is alleged to have sexually assaulted um Erin Scaldi I think is how you say her name um is a survivor and her husband's Jared Scaldi um I mean what a what a fucking week for USA hockey what a I mean just in general that system and I'm not saying Canada hockey is any better because there's obviously problems here too but like uh even today, USA Hockey is having to contact the families of minor hockey players who participated in camps with Brad Aldrich to ensure that um, nothing happened or to, I don't know, I guess, check to see what happened. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's illustrating the clearly the issues with the system. And I mean, it's led by Van Breesbrook, who, as we all know, is not a good dude. So, yeah, um, that was the Penguin stuff. And then, obviously, with the Kyle Beach um, situation, uh, I mean, the two press conferences that happened were just, like, they were so bad in, like, different ways, but so bad. Like, the Gary Bettman one. I know a lot of people are like, oh, Gary's a lawyer and whatever. I'm just like, 
Do you know what I think that maybe like the dude who spend the most, like the majority of his time talking to press people like they're fucking scum of the earth and being so condescending is maybe not the right person to have like, or does anyone want to sit him down and be like, Gary, don't do that. Like have some empathy or whatever. Like I know, I feel like that's impossible and it's pretty naive to ask of him, but like, I just, <laughs> that press conference was so bad from the very beginning. Like, and at one point when he was trying to turn a question around on Mark Lazarus, like, what the fuck are you doing, Gary? And like, Bill Daly's no better. Um, I don't know. Mal, did you watch any of the press conference? Absolutely not. Yeah, that's an excellent choice. I watched it during my office hours. So I was like, at least I'm getting paid. <laughs> like, no one's coming to see me. But my God. I just, yeah. What a fucking train wreck. Um, Sam, what did you think? Um, I didn't watch it. I'll be clear. I didn't watch it. I like kind of read along with the live tweets as it happened and then just decided that it was not worth my time or energy to watch him say it. But yeah, I agree. I think that I was, I mean, like, you're not surprised, but you're always surprised by how, how like transparently they don't care. Like he says all the right words, but it's very clear from the message of it that he doesn't understand what the issues are and that for some reason, they just don't seem to have a grasp of what, what the reaction from the fan base and like the public would be to the types of comments he made. Like they don't seem to understand what is necessary for good PR as a starting point. Like not leaving aside the actual like human empathy part of it. It's like, he can't even fake it. He can't even give you an answer that you want to hear. He literally just is like, he actually, I think legitimately believes that they have dealt with this appropriately. Well, I think like one of the things I keep thinking about is, um, this conversation of, oh, hockey's still behind. And it's like, no shit, hockey's still behind because we have fucking like 80 year old men who are running the league. Like they're not going to be like the old dogs don't learn new tricks. Like they're still living in a world where that is how the system works. They're not going to sit there and be like, oh, let's change this. Or what can we do to change it when that's the system that they've prospered in, like, that's not how this works. Like, and we're naive to think it would. Um, and so Gary Bettman is 100% sitting there doing that press conference, like fucking like when Prince Andrew did that fucking interview where he talked about pizza express thinking like, this is great. Everything's fine. Everything's going fine with absolutely no conception. Like you were saying, Sam, of the realities of how the world works now or the demands that people now have of things that they're putting money into or consuming, like it's different. It's a different world. And so to sit there and watch a press conference that maybe would have been fine in the nineties is like, whoa, (laughs) this is so bad. And I don't know how anyone would have left that press conference except for maybe Cahal Kelly which like god knows what the fuck he was doing 
thinking these two guys are the ones I want leading a change on uh, hockey culture and the, you know, the issues of sexual assault and misogyny and homophobia and racism because uh, they lied about the Akeem LU stuff. Um, these are the guys who I want to change that. Like, that's just, I think it was pretty blatantly telling. Um, and then the shovel day off one, like, like Mark Chipman sat there the first 12 minutes. He spoke really eloquently. Um, I definitely agreed that he cared about what he was, he was saying, and he cared about putting forth this, the right message. And part of you goes, okay, did they watch what happened with Gary and Bill and be like, we got to be more, you know, focused on the human side. And then he fucking, he absolutely undermined every single thing he said that was positive by leaning over and being like, but Kevin Sheveldayoff's fine and we're going to exonerate him and going forward, it's fine. Um, and shout out to obviously Rick West said who got axed out of the, or was basically tried, they tried to box him out of the NHL one, which again, like the unforced errors that this league and teams like the Canucks do all the time with PR is just like out of this world. Um, but they let Rick Westhead speak first in, uh, on the zoom questions for (laughs) Winnipeg and shout out to him for the first question he asked being, uh, I've talked to Kyle Beach and his family and they all think that you should be fired, Kevin. What do you have to say to that? Because holy shit, that is absolutely like the right question to ask. And like, no one else is going to do it. So like, that's why requests that's so important. I, I do want to say though, that like the number of people who are prepared to be like, oh my God, Mark Chipman was like the best press conference so far he spoke so well he showed so much empathy like this is what you want to see I was like uh he did the bare fucking minimum of being a human like you don't have to give someone credit mm-hmm. for literally doing the right thing like well and the thing you was, don't have to be over absolutely, the top he erased everything he said like yeah like but you can, uh, but also uh, like he did like on top of that the Jets were the last team to deal with this they had weeks to see all of the criticism of every single person who responded before and to craft a response that would avoid all of those pitfalls and so no you don't get credit for doing any of that three weeks later when like the whole time you could have stood you could have said something the whole time you could have done this and you chose not to like not only that but like Kevin Sheffield fucking denied that he was in that meeting originally like He said he did not know. And that is patently untrue. And it's just like, you don't get to, you don't get a pat on the back because now after like everyone else did it and you saw how they fucked up, you created a response that was good. Well, you also can't sit there. Like, this is the thing that got me is when Chibin sat there and he was like, you know, he's really emotional because he talked about how he knows people and he has people that he's close to who have experienced sexual assault. And he understands the like, um, the impact that that has. And he understands that there's, cause they kept speaking about, um, you know, the impact of this on all survivors and how they would understand this, like how he understands, like, and empathizes with all those people that are viewing this. And it's just like, okay. So you understand the kind of broad implications. You can't then sit there and be like, 
but it's okay that this guy next to me didn't do anything, lied about it later. Like you can't, those don't add up. So it doesn't matter if you're trying to do whatever you think is best when you are literally contradicting yourself. Like then you clearly haven't learned or you haven't done the work to understand it. And it doesn't matter how much money you fucking throw at it with whatever you want to do. Like that doesn't fix the reality of what, what you're doing in that moment. And it just like, yeah, it's makes me crazy. And honestly, like, you know, Wayne Simmons spoke this week and he spoke really well. And a lot of the stuff was targeted towards the NHLPA and that's a whole other issue. And Don Fear is now going to have an investigation and like, again, another fucking 76 year old man who's like running the system. Um, who clearly needs to go. Uh, And he said like this, the final sentence of the kind of big quote was this can't just be like a fleeting moment. Like this needs to be actual change. And I think for the last week, it's felt like, okay, people are really talking about it, but I don't know since the Eichel news, I feel like we're just going to go back. It's going to go right back to how it normally is. Rick Westhead and Katie Strang are going to be doing the brunt of the work you know, and nothing's going to concretely change. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I have zero, maybe I'm just like super, super cynical, but like, I mean, I think it's pretty patently obvious that that nothing is really going to change. Like the number of reporters who are talking about the penguins thing, not very many. including all the insiders who are like, I'm going to be better about this. I've learned my lesson. It's like, okay, well, it's literally a week later and you're doing the same fucking thing. Um, And then on top of that today, we got like fucking Dave Portnoy's story and the number of players who are showing their asses or like former players, the number of reporters who have said nothing about it, despite like, this is a clear story because USA hockey just announced a partnership with Penguin yesterday. None of these people are talking about it. And it's like, you have learned nothing. You don't get to spend the whole week being like, Oh, we've learned so much. And then you continue to ignore these issues and these stories. Yeah. Also like the circle of, or the Venn diagram between the people who like did nothing with the Kyle Beach story and those who have appeared on spitting chocolates is a fucking circle. So that's always fun. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, and Ryan, Ryan Whitney specifically was like, Oh, power dynamics for the coach and Kyle Beach. I stand with Kyle Beach. And then fucking like the tweet about Portnoy from Ryan Whitney today made me want to like, I don't know, do something violent. It was the most absurd thing absurd defense absurd thing to say when somebody has been accused of sexual assault which is also the whole thing with the Dave Portnoy what we're talking about is in um the allegations that were released today in an article in um, Business Insider written by Julie Black talking about um descriptions of unconsensual violence sex essentially sexual violence sexual violence multiple women went on the record about it Um, young young women they were all young women too yeah and it is absurdly bad and as we've talked about before there's so much 
acceptance of barstool within hockey culture. So it has been especially something that has been prominent, obviously due to the aftermath and continuing situation of the Kyle Beach story. Um, so pretty absurd because it's pretty much an opportunity for you to literally do better, just set right in front of you and you're still making an active effort to essentially not, you're just putting out the worst statements of all time, which Ryan Whitney's thing was essentially that he said, if you like spitting chiclets, but you don't like barstool, like Dave Portnoy is an essential part of barstool of spitting chiclets. And it's always been from the beginning. And I always have like respected him. And I believe that he didn't do these things and his version of the story is the truth. And his worst crime is being five, seven or something. Mm. So that's paraphrased, but yeah. The like the only, it. the only people like- who I saw actually like tweet about it. And I don't know if you guys saw other people. Um, one was uh, Corey Massasak who covers the devils for the athletic um, who fun fact is a report for Izzy um, and Gord Miller, <laughs> who was basically like, yeah. I said that they were shitty last year and I'm standing by it. Like they're still shitty. And the rest were all women in sports. Like yeah. it's always like Lindsay Adler, Sarah Spain, like these kind of people. Um, I mean, I think there's also probably some like people part of defector, um, who probably said stuff too, but like this shit always falls on the people who are victimized by Barstool. And it's the same old story uh, where the people who actually have power or can do things don't do anything. Um, And it lets them get away with this shit and uh, legitimizes them in some way. And it makes me fucking crazy. Yeah, once again, in the whole thing about being very jaded, like Georgia was saying she is, I don't see how this does anything I don't get sparstool. We've been talking about them being rooted in misogyny and having so many problems. And it's not surprising that a man who has said before that women above a size six wearing jeans deserve to be raped. It is not surprising that he actually is a sexual predator. Um, But it is such yeah. a Goliath. And as we've said, people aren't really talking about it in the way that they can do things. Yeah. And like it the just people like, who can do things are not doing anything. Well, and it just, the reality is that there's going to be NHL players that go on the podcast that's literally hosted by rape apologists. So like, what does that tell not you? Just, about this not just hosted reckoning? by rape, not just hosted by rape apologists, but like generates money for alleged rapists and rape apologists yeah and that's like that is how you want to have your league be presented and that's what your players want to do like that this idea this like supposed reckoning that's happening is not happening guys sorry (laughs) like that doesn't it's just making it shitty and bringing everything to our attention and then you guys are just going to continue to ignore it yeah and it's not just the it's not just the players who go on like obviously that's a huge part of it it's that there are tons of big name blue check reporters who regularly interact with their content and with 
the people on, on that platform, on that podcast, like all of it. And teams, like as much as we want to like, obviously support the Predators because of Mark Borowiecki, like they fucking invited Portnoy to a game last year. And we all Mm -hmm. USA hockey's literally partnering with Pink Whitney, which is an offshoot of Spit and Chicklets, which is an offshoot of Barstool. Like everything is just so interconnected in such bullshit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. I, the thing is, I'm sure that we'll get like a bunch of sociological studies coming out in like not too near distant future about this, but like, I just like the absolute obsessive, like culture of barstool fans of the stoolies, like just the, like, I, it's like manic, the obsession with them. And like, I, I've never been that passionate about something in my life that I'm like, you know what I want to do right now is uh, log on online and talk about how uh, this guy who is clearly a sexual predator is not because he has told all of his staff people to say that he's not, who are also all men, uh, mostly men and some girls like fucking, what are they called? Girls in the office or whatever. Um, and is call, call, be, call your daddy still a thing? Like, the fuck there's there? a there, there's a long saga that we can't get into with yeah <laughs> but like telling like t- so like can't be true but like what what how also if like we wanted like to mention caller daddy in general speaking of like this all ties into the same thing because caller uh call her daddy is like i have so many problems with it and it's not even as tied up into barstool Call her daddy basically is like, you're not a cool girl and you're not like fun and you won't be like cool and fun to guys if you don't have like degrading sex with them and you don't like let them choke you and like film you in bed. And then Dave Portnoy, who like, I'm like, just, oh, I like, can't No, I know. You no, know I what know. I'm talking about though. Like, yeah, of course I know. It's, it's atrocious. And it's also, yeah, it's a culture of, it's a culture of creating um, just really unsafe environments for these women. Mm-hmm. And also like yeah. in the story, the girl, like one of the girls, like her 22 year old sister and her friends were like, you need to go to Dave Portnoy's, Portnoy's house. So we get an invite to his fucking party. Like, what is wrong with you that you, you were literally like, oh, you know, what I'm going to do is pimp out my 19 year old sister, put her in a super unsafe fucking environment so I can get a party invite. Like Jesus Christ. anyway no but exactly what you're saying Mallory like it it breeds the grant it's like literally it's a different form of like grooming in a way Mm -hmm. that's like so fucked up and yeah they they continue to exist and I want everyone to know like we talk about ethical consumerism blah 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 and I know it's hard like whatever I still use Amazon I draw the fucking line at barstool like you don't have to interact with them at all. First of all, they steal all their content anyway, so you can find it other places. Second of all, there's absolutely zero reason to interact with any of them. Literally ever. I was randomly scrolling because I clicked Dave Portnoy to see what other people are saying. And a tweet from, I think it's like Barstool KFC or something came up and he was talking about what the sex in the cars universe, what sex in the cars universe looks like. And I was like, these are the people that you're like, 
uh, I will die on the hill for this person. Like you don't need to do this. (laughs) And also for anyone out there, girl or boy, if your significant other (laughs) likes Barstool or Joe Rogan, that is a red flag. Get out of there immediately. That's it. I didn't realize we were going to rant about Barstool again. <laughs> it's actually been a really long time, okay? Like, I hate I hate this idea that, like, people, like, you do this every episode. Like, I literally don't fucking know the last time we talked about this, so. Well, also, this is pretty significant, clearly. Yeah. Um, like, sorry, he got credibly accused in a well-researched it was eight piece months. of journalism. She spent eight months reporting it. It's investigative journalism. It was well done. And if you think that's a hit piece and you think that like people are out to get him, um, get a fucking reality check. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, anyway, I'd love to be a sports fan. I wanted to tweet this earlier, but I wasn't allowed to, I'm not allowed to tweet right now, but I was going to be like the audacity of somebody to be like slut chaining survivors who were sexually assaulted when really the only sluts for Dave Portnoy here are fucking stoolies. Like you are the sluts who should be shamed hate it yeah that's me insane very fair very fair (laughs) it's gonna send sam into labor (laughs) (laughs) but seriously like i think there's something specific there's there is something specific about this that like it makes you see red because of the like the capitalist ties to this where they're literally profiting profiting off of like yeah grooming women into like thinking that violent sex is okay and also like just you know misogyny homophobia racism all those fun like that fun little cocktail um and just like attracting the most like violent vile people on the internet um and then it feels like no one does anything that this stuff comes out and it's the same people it's always the same group of people who are like listen to us (laughs) this is so fucked and then the other people like what we all talk about the culture of silence where people are just like, no, you know what? Um, like doesn't have to deal with me. Like doesn't, doesn't involve me. So like, I don't, I don't need and to like, get involved. I, look, I, I get it. Like we talked about this in Daniel Wagner's piece on Pasa Tibullis, uh when, when Elias Pettersson went on. And like I've said before, like I used to listen to Chicklets. Like it's, it, it's not like I've never listened to it. But like you are capable of realizing that you are literally just turning a blind eye to like very well-documented instances of misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, like ableism, just like literally anything that you can name that it marginalizes people, they engage in. And it is like, it is not okay to be like, well, but it's like really interesting and kind of funny. It's not like, A, it's not like Georgia said, they actually do steal a lot of their content once you dig into it. Be like, they're basically incoherent. It's not actually that funny. And like, you, you don't need it. Like the idea that like, oh, I can, I can ignore these things because they're not engaging in it directly. Like, first of all, they, they are like Ryan Whitney's tweet is exhibit A of that. It's actually disgusting, but but like you, the idea that you can like separate these things is just like so privileged and so diluted that it's, it drives me nuts. 
Yeah, I wanted, I thought about when I, like, with the story, I didn't do it because I thought it would be too far, but I wanted to be, like, like, content warning on the story is, like, literally everything that we've been screaming about Barstool ever, like, that's None of this is new. Like, if you're reading this and you're like, oh my god, I'm so surprised, like, you've been fucking burying your head under a rock. Yeah, the new, the new stuff is that there's actual, like, names and people that came forward, and honestly, like, power to you because like as marissa and jemmy has told us like the vile stuff like contacting families even with danny like work like all these things like these people are fucking so off the charts like obsessed it's really the scary reporter who wrote the story like posted her <laughs> email and was like if you have more tips email me I was like that's a bold move I know like I, I'm really scared I would you. not have put my email out there yeah anyway don't support them support literally anyone else it doesn't even have to be us literally. just like like find something as someone tweeted today there's like 800 hockey podcasts you can literally that find, has to find be one. a on the low end <laughs> yeah I know it's probably like 2000 like it's you can find something you can find a niche uh like I'm sure there's like a random crossover like hockey and something podcast you can find it I have faith in you it can be yeah absolutely anyway um anyway so a requisite rant not even a rant because I feel like rant implies that it's not justified which (laughs) no but that should be like our I, I, it, it is good to exercise the, like, <laughs> your that, that world for, Catharsis. like, yeah, it is pretty good. Exactly. So. All right. Okay. Yes. So there were three stars for the week. Do you have yours or should I just start? Well, mine was Julie Black um, okay. for the reporting that she did. It's obviously impressive. And as we know, like the, what you're opening yourself up to, like uh, general, generally places have not been good at supporting their writers when it comes to Barstool um, and the backlash um, that comes from Stoolies. So I hope that she's getting the support there Um, because it's, it's a lot to do. And for the girls who went on record, like also for I'm sure that obviously in doing her research, she knew what she was getting into, but it doesn't make it easier. Yeah. Who's your star, Mel? Um, my star is uh, Josh Cavellio, who is the player for Adelaide United, who came out last week. Yeah. Um, he's the first uh, current top flight professional soccer player to come out. Male, obviously. Um, Duh. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> we've, been, we've been on that road. We've been trailblazers. Um, but everyone throughout like the soccer community, like multiple teams have expressed their support. 
for him. Obviously, it's very brave of him. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's great. I think he, yeah, I think he came out like late last week, it would have been. So my Sam. star of the week is Antoine Roussel for his French language interview, in which I think he called Jonathan Taves a small human. Um, and like didn't hold back. Like he fully was like, yeah, he might be a good hockey player, but like not a good person. And I, I thought that was remarkably refreshing and truthful. And the best thing about that is Jonathan Taves is fluent in French. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's bilingual. He understood it in the original. Yeah. Too bad he didn't go like even further. I mean, he but no, seriously. statement and it was like equally stupid. Yeah, him and Kane were like, whatever, we shouldn't have put ourselves first. But it's like, okay, that doesn't count. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Ugh. Yeah, gross. Yeah, okay. Well, that has been our episode for this week. Um... We'll see you soon in other places on the internet. Um, Also next week. Yeah. We'll be back. And um, if you want game recaps, you can get them on our Patreon. Mentioned briefly earlier. We sent out our newsletter today. Yeah. Other bonus content. And then also we're just everywhere else on the internet at Broadcast Pod, which is Instagram, Twitter, et cetera. And yeah. So let us know what you thought. Let us know what you liked and disliked about this episode. Let us know what you like and dislike about hockey. Let's just chat in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, And if you're at the hockey game tomorrow, come say hi. Today. Today. <laughs> come say hi. Or don't. We'll have a picture of Mallory. That's how you'll be able to spot us. God damn it. Anyway, yeah. yeah. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. See you tomorrow. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you, Mallory, because we're going to have a picture of your face. I'm going to bring the cutout. I won't see you. Oh my God, I'm going to bring that cutout to the Vancouver Magazine thing. (laughs) Also, uh, we need to give them dates at some point. (sighs) Okay, anyway, bye. 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 Bye.